It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Woo! Here we are, ultimate Cleveland sports show. By the way, G, you and I look like I'm fatter than you, but you and I look even wider when Mike's on the set. Yeah. Just look at that. Go to the three shot there. Is that what's called the three shot? Yeah. How many people are in the shot? Three people. Two three and a shot. half. All right. There you go. Look at, look at Mike. Two and a half. I mean, Mike is so skinny. <laughs> Bro, I ain't that skinny. Dude, what are you talking about? Hey, he, well, I, it, no offense, but like in comparison to you two, yes, I look very skinny. But you, I, you're the skinniest person on the show. You can still see some of his true. some of his chair. Like in between right. his legs, yeah. there's chair available. <laughs> there's no chair available. No. Hey, there's this no. whole body. I got the front pouch. I mean, everything's happening. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's a bad visual. Why is that? I don't like that, Steve. Yeah, I like that. I don't like it's that. Fat Mike. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there the opposite? Oh, effect? Fat Mike again. Can we put the opposite effect on both. Can we oh do the, the .5? Yeah, can we can we do that? Can that, we get the skinny version of me? Can I? Can you make me look thin there? <laughs> that point. Is that possible? Hey, not really. No. no. <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 it's the thinnest bowl's ever been. Oh, yeah. good no job. Offense, Bulls. Good job. Oh, wow. All right, let's get back to the right. This yes, a lot to get to today, including, by the way, we have a big announcement coming next week, or maybe the week after. Hopefully next week. We have Sometime an, in yes. the next... 13 days. This huge better announcement. Be, this better There's be huge. huge Y'all been teasing the yeah. heck out of this. And we got another big announcement next... we'll get to today, but yeah. the big, but, big one we're saving the big for. announcement, sometime in the next 13 days, we've got a really big announcement for all the fans of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, but we do have a big announcement today. Mikey, why don't you share it? There it is. Yeah, so we launched this show last May. And Tegna, the company that owns Channel 3, that owns us, that owns dozens of stations across the country, and they wanted to get into the digital sports realm. And we launched this with the expectations to see, can this work? Can you build an audience? Will people come if you put out good content? And, you know, it was a slow burn. We exceeded year one expectations. We did awesome. But August was a particularly special month for us because for the first time in the history of the show and just the second time in all of Lockdown's networks, we eclipsed one million Views. We say it again. One million views Thank in you, one everybody. month. To give you a little context, because yeah. one million is an easy number to grasp. Yeah. There's a lot of YouTube channels out there, right? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. 0.4% have ever done a million views in a month. That puts us in the 99.6 percentile. Yeah. And it's because of you guys. Seriously, like, we can't do this without you guys watching, tuning right. in every day. We love you. We thank you. And as I said on Twitter, this, just, this is the preseason. The regular season starts. Yeah. In two weeks. We're, we're like a bit of moon. Like, we're like One the million. Elon Musk of YouTube now, right? Like we've gotten in that stratosphere of the top 0.4%. And it's all because of the fans. We have a great following. 
We are so appreciative. When this show signed on on May 9th, 2022, there are a lot of snickering going on from other media members, traditional media members, calling us a little YouTube show. Call it, you know, saying we'd be gone in a few months. I heard a lot of that. I did too. And I heard a you're crazy for doing this. Why, yeah. why are you going to leave a real TV job? Take that, to never do done that. this before. And we couldn't be more excited about the success we've had. But as much as I like to bust some of the fans' balls all the time, that's what I do to people I love. I bust balls. Yeah, and true. we are so appreciative of fans. In fact, I, I, I ran into, I went to get my grilled cheese as I've been getting in the morning. Mm-hmm. By the way, before you say, yeah. Bolt comes in and eats grilled cheese and tomato soup like four days a week. I've never eat tomato soup. What soup? I don't know you, what you're what kind of soup about. do you have? First of all, I didn't have any soup today. But a lot of times you bring Second soup. Second of all, I've n- never. What kind had of soup, soup do you bring in? A variety of soups, but I don't like tomato soup. I, so, either way, yeah. Bull at ten fifteen in the morning is eating grilled cheese and soup. I have only had soup with my grilled <laughs> cheese twice, by the way. Before here 11. or in life? Here, like right no, in the No, no, seat. I eat soup all the time. But, <laughs> but here, I've only brought in soup twice. It's just an outrageous pre-lunch meal. Is uh, grilled cheese. You know, it's my breakfast. I, I, eat, <laughs> I eat shrimp for breakfast. I eat whatever. It doesn't okay, matter. Okay, fair. All right, so, so I got to say, cheese. I met this guy. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm walking out of the grilled cheese place. It's called Susie Soups. Remember they used to be in the Halley building? They yes. used to have like a little stand. It's, yeah. I like that Now place. Susie yeah. Soups, it's right on East 12th and... I'm still not great with the street and, names. Uh, just thought, I can't remember what street it's on, but it's near some hotel. It's downtown. It's downtown. Yeah, yeah, downtown. And I come out of the – so I go there. I park at the meter, but I never put money in the meter because I'm usually in and out five minutes. I, I never have any change on me. Otherwise, I'd throw a quarter in. So I walk out of the restaurant. I was there for maybe eight minutes, and I see this ticket on my car. Oh. And I'm like, oh, bleep. And so – and all of a sudden, as I walk to the car, I'm saying, oh, I'm cursing. I'm doing all this stuff. And uh, some guy in the next car to me goes, hey, are you Adam the Bull? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I heard you cursing and yelling. And, 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 and so <laughs> Very I, distinct. Rec- I recognized your voice. He goes, dude, I am the biggest fan. You and G. Bush are the best. His name is Julian McClellan. He was in, there with his four-year-old son. Julian is from the city of Cleveland. He happened to be parked next to me. Matt, guy, by the way, smart guy too. He knows his football. He says he's worried about the way the Browns are going to use Elijah Moore. He says he's not as big as Debo Samuel, and he's worried that Elijah Moore is going to get hurt being used in that role. And he's, he says Marquise Goodwin is not going to be a big factor, and he's worried that Deshaun Watson – doesn't have a speed receiver. But he loves the Browns. He loves the show. And, Julian, shout out to you, man. It was great to meet you today. And you, you know what's so great about this, McNuggets? You know, yeah. you, you said something about other people saying it's a YouTube thing. What you guys will notice around uh, the Internet is you're going to start noticing, you know, some of these traditional outlets now have YouTube channels. That's right. They now have some of the say, And, you know, we were the first to the market. So, you know, we, we encourage you to uh, just understand that we were the forefathers of this thing and continue to support us as so, as other people flood into the market because right. this, to, to try to Im- or replicate what we do, we've done. Can I do a visual meme real quick? Yeah, please. We had Brian Windhorst on, Brian Windhorst on the show. Mm-hmm. When Brian Windhorst was alluding to the, hmm, I wonder why I trade with Rudy Gobert and Donna Mitchell and he did the famous, like, point back. Yeah. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Some other traditional outlets in the city now dabbling in YouTube. Yeah, wonder why. Visual meme. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why. Yeah, you can photoshop that right next to Brian Windhorst. There you go. That yeah. hopefully that'll you know go as viral as that one. That would be good. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. That one went stupid. But, again, but yeah, I wonder why. Just, just, yeah, I just of wonder course. why. They were never doing it before. A little YouTube show. And somebody responded to me. Show. Well, it's not you guys, it's Pat McAfee. Well, Pat McAfee, who's great and did get this going nationally. He's been around a while, and nobody was doing it here until we did That's it. That's awesome. That's like the, awesome. Well, actually, if you go way, 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 way back, like there's even with Pat McAfee, like the, the format of having a panel of people or multiple people. Yeah, that's something that I don't think has been done. That's true. Anyway, we thank love, you to you guys. Yeah, thanks at to the end all of the fans day, thank that you guys. helped thank us you, get got you. to a million views. A million, a million plus, by the way. million plus, that's right. A million plus. Over a million views, and we're about to hit 10 million views since we went on the air. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I think, I think getting t- from 10 to 20 will be a lot quicker than we got from 1 I, to 10. I, I agree. So from too. 0 I to agree. 10. So thank you all so much. As now, coming up on today's show, we have the return of Fence Riders. Yep. Uh, yep. That's today. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com, is going to be on with us today. What, nine days before the Browns play their first game of the regular season. Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes. He'll join us late in the show. We'll preview the Buckeyes' first game. So, a lot to get into, guys. We'll bring in Anthony, who is producing today. Anthony, how are you? Hey, everybody. I just want to rem- – I, I was going to remind everybody about some stuff, but we got a bunch of Super Chats already to start off the show. Okay. One Let's do it. from Devoid Archangel. Reminder for anybody, nervous or anxious about Burrow playing day one, he's 1-4 versus the Browns with a worse roster. So <laughs> he's out there sipping the Kool-Aid. Fact. Our, that is true. Our boy Skilly, who usually gifts 20 memberships at a time, says, hell yeah, amazing work. Hell of a job from you guys. Now everybody just needs to smash that like button so we can beat that record. Big there, facts. There it is. Big, Big time. Facts. Shout yes, out to you. Skilly. And then Cody Clark and KR Thunder both gifted five memberships each. So thank you, everybody, for your support. As we Love get that. into our first topic here today, you guys are all awesome. And Bull, our first topic, Deshaun Watson got voted a captain. Nick Chubb didn't. What do we feel? Yeah, I don't think this is a big deal at all. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't, you know, <laughs> it's important for the quarterback to be the captain of the team. I don't know how Nick Chubb feels, um, if he's offended in any way that he didn't get picked be a captain he's he's obviously not a vocal guy um and i think you knew that deshaun watson was going to be a captain this year i i don't think anything negative of it i guess if i knew for a fact that nick chubb was angry about it then maybe i'd feel differently but i i i would be surprised if that were the case mike can we split this into two conversations real quick and not just for not for clips this is one clip but just let's do the watson side and then let's get to the chubb side but let's start let's start with watson real quick If you look at the best teams in football, there is an undisputed leader on each of those teams. Chiefs, Mahomes, Bills, Allen, Ravens, Lamar, Chargers, Herbert, Eagles, Hurts. The best quarterbacks 
are always the face of a franchise. That's not questionable. Yeah. For the Browns to reach that category, Deshaun Watson has to be the face of this franchise. And to start, you become a captain. He took the team to Puerto Rico. He's been the leader of all the off-season gatherings of these offensive playmakers. He is the guy that if the Browns are going to reach the heights we believe they can reach, is the guy that has to play the best on this team to allow them to compete with the Mahomes, the Burrows, the Allens, the rest of the teams with elite quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. If the quarterback's not a captain, it's an issue. Right. If he is a captain, it's the standard. And now the Browns are in line with the other top teams in the NFL, which is where they need to be entering the season. He should be a captain. He was voted a captain. He deserves to be a captain. And if he wasn't, I'd be concerned. The fact that he is, good. No doubt. If his teammates did not vote him a captain, that would be a major It'd be a real issue. I don't look at it as a red flag that Nick Chubb wasn't the captain. I feel like he was last year. And in a way, my guess is he was like, hey, the quarterback's got to be the captain. I'm voting for him. I bet Nick Chubb voted for him. I don't know. What do you think, G? Before we go real quick, the other captains, just so everyone knows, in case you missed that, it's Watson, Batonio, Miles Garrett, Charlie Hewlett, and Anthony Walker. Those yeah. are the five captains. And there'll be a sixth rotating a sixth game captain. captain. Sorry, G. All you know. Oh, no, you, yeah. good, you good, man. Just want to make sure people are on the same page. You know, I, you know, I get all kind of alerts and different things all the time. And so uh, this alert came from, um, you know, a news publication. And anytime somebody mentions the Cleveland Browns, you know, it's set to uh, show me the article. So right. this one is from Fansided um, by a guy named Mark Powell. And this came out yesterday. And it says in the headline, Cleveland Browns' latest Deshaun Watson decision is absolutely classless. <laughs> to make him a captain? Yes. The Cleveland Get the Bra- you-know-what out of here. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns elevated Deshaun Watson to team captain, which is an awful look given the history of his sexual assault allegations. Um, he goes on to say, um, uh, when, when they acquired Watson via the trade, the Browns uh, made it clear that the talent um, – far exceeded the risk that came with the allegations against him. Yes, we are a country of second chances, but Watson's financial slap on the wrist for dozens of heinous allegations doesn't really qualify as punishment. And he goes on to finish this conversation um, by himself, saying um, teams naming their starting uh, quarterback a captain is to be expected in modern uh, NFL. Even in Watson's case, uh, it doesn't make it any less disgusting, though. Who wrote the article? Who what was the name of the guy? author? Uh, he's from fansided Mark Powell. Let's make a pact right now as a show to yeah. never talk about anything Mark Powell <laughs> writes again. I don't even know who this guy in is. In the history I don't know what, of really his career. I don't really know what is. I, I don't really pay much attention to I, I, I just, you know, and, you know, I bring this up because, yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of reaching. Like, you know, the Cleveland Browns are starting the season, and, and obviously uh, Deshaun Watson was always going to be the captain. And it's almost telegraphed. It's almost already a thing written in stone that every single step that they take, um, like Bobby Brown, uh, see what I did right there? Nice. Uh, they're going to be detractors that are saying, this is the most classless thing. This is, this is the Cleveland Browns organization. When, when you talk about it, and Kevin Stefanski has quotes, and he has quotes in there from Kevin Stefanski. He quotes Kevin Stefanski and saying why it is that he has, you know, has done this. Deshaun is very, very natural for him to, to lead, Stefanski said. And I think he's comfortable leading from out front. I think he's comfortable from leading and letting his teammates get credit. Uh, that's uh, just something he's always done in his whole life. And it's just the way he's integrated himself into the football team. And it is impressive to watch. So, Obviously, 
Deshaun Watson is a leader, and this is a team vote. The team voted on this. Yeah, it Players. wasn't. It, it's a group of his peers. So naturally, with that being said, if your peers vote you, how is it the Cleveland Browns are are in trouble with I mean, it? I think it's just it's one his, guy. It's, it's his teammate. Is that much being made about it? This is just one random Joe on. It, it, it is a it is a random joke, but yeah. there was some there's there there's that undertow to it, right? Um, we we talked about Deshaun Watson not gonna getting much credit, um, and he's not gonna be winning any awards anytime soon because there are people who believe really crazy stuff like this. Like, how is this crazy, outrageous, and heinous? Like, captains happen. It, it, you know, there's been people who are generals who are guys who who may have sullied reputations. But they're still generals. They're still yeah. leading other people in, in their craft, and that happens to be on the field in football. Well, By the way, our executive producer just texted us and said, Mark Powell is a Pittsburgh-based journalist. Yeah. Oh, oh shocker. <laughs> oh, totally be shocked. Yeah. Thank you. When Thank you, Steve. I, you know Give what? me that I, intel. I, I, to me, I don't care about any of that. I don't <laughs> care. I, I don't care. Like, I, I'm not worried about whether or not Deshaun Watson's going to win an award. Let, let's play the season first yeah. and then complain about those things if they happen. This guy's just one guy on the internet. You can never... You can, you're never going to win with everybody, yeah. all right? Deshaun Watson, he talked about Deshaun Watson didn't face a penalty. He did. He wasn't convicted of any crimes. And was he, still suspended 11 he games. He was still suspended of 11 games. He's paid his debt to the NFL if there ever was something legitimately like that. I I think the story is old and tired. Uh, and Screw this guy. You know, who cares? Guy. Who cares if that guy When Deshaun Watson came out of Clemson. Yeah. He was in the same draft class as Mahomes and Trubisky. Trubisky right. was the guy with the highest upside. Mahomes had the guy with the crazy arm. Watson was the intangibles guy. Go back to his days in high school. Yeah. State champion, three-time captain. National championship at Clemson, two-time captain. Yeah. In Houston, made the playoffs, not a ton of playoff success. Two-time captain in Houston. Yeah. The guy throughout his entire football career has been the catalyst to which his teammates rally around. To me, last season, he couldn't have been a captain with everything else going on. This season, it was a no-brainer. And I don't know if we'll ever get the results. Like We could ask Mary Kay if she knows yeah. the voting structure of how the players voted. Right. We get the Hall of Fame votes in baseball. Guys who should be unanimous may not necessarily be unanimous. I know the one guy didn't vote for Derek Jeter because he didn't think any player should be a unanimous yeah, Hall of Famer. Lost his vote. I agree. So who knows if it was unanimous Jeter or not? Derek should not have been the first unanimous player. But you get right. my point. You but, get my point. Yeah. In this vote, yeah. to pick by the players, who should be the Browns' five captains this season, it should have been unanimous that Deshaun Watson was one of those five. Honestly, it's real, it, in a way, it's even silly that we need to have a conversation about this at all. Of course he's going to be a captain. He's the quarterback. He's the freaking quarterback, yeah. and that's the end of the conversation. And if you want to get up on your high horse uh, and, and, and whine about it, then go do it. No, most people don't care what you have to say Do you anymore. think, real quick, do you think any team in the league, because like Brissett was a, a captain last year, wasn't he? I don't know. Uh, no. I don't think so. Was he not? Um, no. The captains were Chubb, Miles Garrett, but I think Chubb and Batonio were the offensive, offensive? captains. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so last year may have been the weird yeah, anomaly exception. He's not a starting, a legit starting quarterback. Of the 32 teams this year, yeah. how many do you think don't have their starting quarterback as a captain? None, all, all the teams with legitimate starters, maybe the rookies. guys the quarterback. Maybe, maybe rookies. Maybe rookies. Or like the journeyman right quarterbacks. Like Josh, Baker, Do- Josh Dobbs won't be a captain. Maybe in Baker's this not going to be a captain. Yeah. Sam Howe might you not know, be a p- captain. Guys like that. But yeah. any so established starter is going to be a you, captain. Let's say 24 of the 32 of the quarterbacks. Probably somewhere give or take. around there. Yeah, yeah if, it's, if he's not at this stage of his career, like you said, it's an issue. Yeah. The fact that he is, is to be expected 
and it's what should be the case. And by default, Nick Chubb, no, Nick Chubb, his personality and demeanor doesn't scream, jump up and scream, I'm a captain. That's not that's right. not who he is. Like he's a very introspective guy. He leads by example more. He does not do interviews. You don't hear him yeah. saying very much. Um, the fact that when you you are the quarterback and you are in Cleveland, and I think this is this is huge for everybody to understand. Deshaun Watson is is on face value a top five quarterback. Skill set, talent Skill set. unquestionably. There has never been a person with that level of talent. And with that level of talent is going to come a level of What do you mean scrutiny. there's never been a person? In Cleveland, you mean? No, no, there, there hasn't been a quarterback with that, that talent level in Cleveland. Oh, uh, in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, I no, agree, no, no. yes. So, so like, kind of like when you look at other places, like, we haven't had that scrutiny. Like, in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow takes all the questions, Right. He, you know, he takes Josh Allen takes all the questions. If they got a problem with Stefan Diggs and Josh, guess what Josh Allen has to do? He has to he has to manipulate that right, and, right, and work right. it out. So right now, you want your quarterback doing that because yeah. you don't want other people having to answer for a quarterback, and they are the most important person on the field. Right. On the flip side, let's talk about Nick Chubb here for yeah. a second. Nick Chubb was not voted a captain by his teammates. He was a captain last season, and I'll start real quick. I frankly don't think Nick Chubb cares about anything in this world besides rushing for 120 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday. Last night, Spectrum and ESPN blacked out the Utah-Florida game at kickoff. Nick Chubb doesn't care. He's thinking about scoring touchdowns. (laughs) There's a hunger strike going on somewhere because they cut down a tree. Nick Chubb doesn't care. He cares about scoring touchdowns. He cares about trees. Why would you say he wouldn't care about trees? Because all Nick Chubb cares about is running for 120 yards, scoring touchdowns, and winning football games. He is the epitome of a pro's pro. And I frankly don't think he cares. But, but, do we really need a special teams captain? Like, Charlie Hewlett, I understand. You can pull it up. Like, Charlie Hewlett has been the longest tenured Brown. He's been here since 2014. Long snapper. Awesome. Cool. Charlie Hewlett. Great. But do we really need Charlie Hewlett to be a captain over Nick Chubb? Not necessarily, but it's just it's just showing that there's an emphasis on special teams and that you 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 put a importance level on it by by putting a captain for yeah, special yeah. teams. What do that. you think? I don't give a rat's ass, honestly. About <laughs> I think the whole captain conversation is stupid. I don't. All that matters is the quarterback is the captain. I don't care if Charlie Hewlett or Nick Chubb are captains. I don't think especially. Yeah, I don't really care about Charlie. I mean, like Charlie Hewlett. Does anybody give a crap about Charlie Hewlett? No. No. And no. to prove your point, yeah. that wasn't Charlie Hewlett. I put a picture of a random Browns player from 2018. That was Kyle <laughs> Carlos on the screen. And you two didn't notice. This is Charlie Hewlett. No, that's Carl Carlos. Let's see the real Charlie Hewlett. Now that's the fake wow. Charlie Hewlett. That's Charlie Hewlett. I had no idea. And you two didn't even know. Didn't even know. So if y'all didn't know a captain of the Brown by didn't face value, know. Nick Chubb should be a captain by default. That was a good one. You like that? They you should like have that? made a third. Yeah, I mean, that it was is, a good one. It is, that that was well you. done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You left him hanging. By yeah, no, oh, my fault. That, yeah, <laughs> that was a good. One. That was good. <laughs> but I mean, but like the reality is, who cares? I, like, Dang, I yeah. don't think Nick Chubb cares. But a long snapper as a captain, I get you. Have a special teams captain, I get it. But yeah. If it's, let's make the special teamers happy, or if Nick Chubb, like, give it to Nick Chubb. Why not have three and two as opposed to two, two, one? So, hold on. So, we got to get this together. So, because there's there's another thing that happened last night with these these blackouts. I didn't know that Spectrum had blacked out Utah, Florida. I was so pissed. But do you know. Do you you have Spectrum? No. I do have Spectrum. Did you know DirecTV blacked out 
Minnesota versus, um, I believe it was Iowa. On what channel? Uh, it was on Fox. And they better get that straight. Hey, hold on. Oh, oh, and they tried to tell me what a list of things going down a list. Yeah. Talking about, well, it's going to affect the Bengals, the Browns, all Ohio State. And it says we they're, uh, they're, they're working it out and trying to figure because they raised the rates and our contract was up in August, early, yeah. late July. And I'm like, look, bro. You can't. I can't. I'm trying to watch this Minnesota game, and that it didn't really matter. I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna see some Big Ten, and it was in 4K. I'm gonna watch it. But I said Browns. I said, bro, shout out to Directv. If y'all don't get that squared away, I'm switching. We switching. Immediately. I gotta switch to YouTube TV anyway. I'm. I'm. I'm the only reason I haven't it. switched yet is because they don't have the Guardians games. Yep, yeah, and or the Cavs games. And yeah. the only reason I was messing with y'all is because y'all got Bally's. So yeah, I will switch it and to hard. Want Sunday ticket? I gotta get the Sunday yeah. ticket, so I gotta go. To well, YouTube. now now you can't have one package and get it all. You either have Bally's or you I know. have like like you can't have both. Now you have to have two different I cable know. services to watch these teams in the same city. It's absurd. It's, it's ludicrous. Crazy. Ludicrous. I'm not paying all it's that. Crazy. Go ahead, Anthony. Give us a read, will you? Yeah, real quick, guys. So I put out a poll, and whenever we do a poll, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. In all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions at $18 and up. Plus, get full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So... I put a poll out there and asking if our audience cared about the Nick Chubb yeah. captain. Overwhelming majority said no. However, we got a super chat from our very own Earl the Pearl asking, <laughs> who would the five UCSS captains be out of all of us? That five, we can't have five captains. That's too many. All right, fine. We'll go with three. I mean, because five is basically who the whole should staff be the board. captains, Mike, of the show? I mean, do we need an offensive, a defensive, and a special teams? <laughs> I guess. Or, well, or, I mean, or, I mean, the reality is, if we're doing captains, like we have a big three, the OG big three, yeah. you two and Jay. Yeah, I, I would say you three. Mm. I'm assuming we can't pick like you mean for like the panelists, right? Are we going? Production? I don't know. Earl, this, this was just Earl's question. So Earl, you can text Mike and I if you want to elaborate on the question. But somebody in sat, in chat said if it's based off of trade proposals, Earl's not making captain. <laughs> <laughs> Earl, I actually so Earl Earl's not feeling good. He's yeah. still not feeling well. He's he's back at home. But he did say at the end of the show, if we have time, he wants to call in and go over his trade proposal from yesterday. I mean, I don't know why he would. That was <laughs> that was that was hideous. I will make sure we have time for that because he did not tell me that. Yeah, I, I oh talked him. I talked him this morning. For those who don't know, can we put that back on the screen? Or you have or, to pull it out of yesterday's rundown. But uh, uh, it was DPJ in a fourth for Aaron Donald. <laughs> <laughs> or DPJ in a third for Aaron Donald, one of the two. I mean, that's crazy time. Yeah. You, you're offering them essentially a fourth. Yeah, because DPJ's going to walk. Because the yeah. Rams would have no interest in DPJ. But we'll get, we'll get to that they're later. A, they're a Earl. team that's probably going to be starting over next year. If they're trading Aaron Donald, that means they're starting over. If they're starting over, why would they sign DPJ to an extension? And why would they need to trade for him to, to get that extension anyway, so it doesn't make any sense. By the way, the fake Charlie Hewlett I put on the screen. Yeah. Do you know who that was? No. Nope. Do you have any idea who that was, G? No. Kyle Callis started two two games in 2018 at guard. No idea. I, I try to find the Didn't most random white guy I could find on the Browns. That was what? what, what, what 2018. They won. They won one game. They had a lot of offensive line injuries that year. Yeah, he started two games. 
Oh my I didn't God. remember. I played in two games. Just, just, so guys, uh, I have a text message here from Earl to yeah. update. So he wanted the entire crew, production panel, Becker, the whole everybody. He thinks Mike should be a captain, a hundred percent. I appreciate that, Earl. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's like, I, I guess I just need the criteria to. Yeah. What is it? I mean, Director Steve's the one that holds it all. T- like in all seriousness, Director Steve. You know, Director Ant's coming for your chair, Steve. Director, Director Steve Ant, is like. No, I am not. Director Steve is like the um, is like the baseball is like the guy on the baseball team where all the players are really young. He's David Ross on the 2016 except for Cubs. a couple except for a couple of ornery veterans like me and Jay, and then Steve's the o- other older player, but he's not ornery. He's just a solid guru type of veteran, <laughs> right? That solid people go to. Right. He can get kind of ornery. I don't know, man. I'd sit back ornery? here with him a little bit. Hey, no, he said, "Listen, he was adamant about that Kool Aid." He was like, "No, not on my set. <laughs> Bull is spilling everywhere." Me? <laughs> you know, you I did, don't spill things. You, you did almost not water down. But I did. But I saved. He, saved did, it, he did catch it yesterday. Yeah, right. uh, yeah but uh, and then my. Well, We'll take people behind the scenes a little bit. Mike and uh, Steve got a little, uh, almost like a fight over the Kool-Aid. Yeah, listen. Me and Steve, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think you realized it. Steve Steve was very frustrated by you not wanting to leave the uh, I was trying to make sure nothing. I know. I was trying to make sure nothing. All right. Mary Kay Cap at Cleveland.com is with us on this Friday. And there she is. Hi, Mary Kay. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Awesome. We're doing great. We're excited. Good we, show. You know, we're very, very excited, ready for real football and not this preseason garbage. So, Mary-Kate, take us through how you see the Cade York situation and what eventually led to his release. Because obviously, you know, coaches are, don't tell the truth all the time, but he seemed highly confident in Cade York until he wasn't, right? At the, after that last preseason game, at least publicly, it completely changed for Kevin Stefanski. In reality, had they been trending in that direction, or did that fourth preseason game really, that was it? What say you on that whole situation? You know what? I think that was it. I think if he had gone out there and made the game-winning kick and made all of his kicks, and if he was hitting a true ball, I think they would have been fine. Uh, But the signs were obviously there that they cannot go into the season with him not only struggling, uh, but really having trouble uh, hitting a, a nice ball. And he had not worked through his issues. The weird part about it, obviously, was that during practice, he was seamless. He was perfect. Uh, And then he would get out there during the games, and it would just kind of fall apart for him. So that was it. That was the last straw that game uh, for him to go out there and miss an extra point the way that he did. And then, you know, shank that last one to the point where, uh, you know, you know, that was he chunked that thing. It was not going through had it not gotten blocked and it got blocked because it was so low. So I think that was a huge issue that just he was not hitting the ball. Well, he was not trending in the right direction. You know, Mary Kay, what, you know, what are the guys that uh, we, we wanted to make the team was Austin Watkins Jr. He ended up being able to be back and added on the practice squad. And I think one of the reasons they that he didn't make the initial 53-man roster was the great news that Marquise Goodwin was going to be back available, ready to go. Um, what is the update on him? And do you believe that he is trending towards possibly even playing against the Bengals? Or is it going to be something down the line? 
No, I think he should be able to go against the Bengals. I've been watching him practice. Uh, he looks good. Now, we're only allowed now to watch stretching and individual drills, but he's out there, you know, running go routes and, uh, you know, things like that that should enable him to get out there and play against the Bengals. And he doesn't have to play every single down on offense. That's really not how it was ever supposed to go anyways. He's a role player. He's going to go out there, uh, Marquise is, and he's he's going to, uh, at key moments, be able to stretch that defense and get behind that defense and utilize Deshaun Watson's big, strong arm and, and try to hit a couple of big plays. So it's actually perfect timing for everyone. Mary Kay, you've been at all the Browns practices. You went with them to Greenbrier. You traveled with them during the preseason. Who's the one player on this team we're not talking enough about as we approach week one here? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, let's see. Okay. The one player that I'm going to say that we're not talking about enough is maybe like a Cedric Tillman. He looks really good for a young rookie receiver. Uh, he looks very polished. Elijah Moore has gotten all the love in training camp. Uh, Amari Cooper always gets his run. And, you know, now we're starting to talk about Marquise Goodwin. But I think you guys can agree. We haven't heard a whole bunch about Cedric Tillman yet. And I think he's going to contribute. I think he's going to do some really, really nice things. In fact, Cedric Tillman is a reason why Austin Watkins didn't make the 53. These guys are similar in body type, and they're trying to get an eclectic mix in that room. And Ced and Austin are very similar in size and skill set to a degree. So, uh, you know, I would say Ced is going to get out there and probably have an opportunity to make an impact sooner than later. I wonder, Mary Kay, and I agree with you on Cedric Tillman. I've been very impressed with him from what I've seen with him. But I wonder if there's some hesitancy from media and certainly from fans to get too excited because that mid-round wide receiver the last two years with Anthony Schwartz, who's now gone, David Bell, who nobody's really high on right now, those guys have, have disappointed and maybe people are, are, are nervous to get too excited about the third time being the charm. That could be it. I remember back in the day when it was the second round receiver that was never living up to expectations for uh, the Cleveland Browns. Now it seems to be the uh, that there are all eyes on the third round receiver. Right. Uh, but it really looks to me like there's plenty of evidence that Cedric Tillman is going to be good. He's played at a high level of competition, obviously, at Tennessee, and he, he just looks the part. The moment's not too big for him. It's not going to be perfect, uh, right. but I think that, that he is, is positive polished and savvy enough uh, to go out there and get some things done. And then I, I'll tell you what, that size, and I do see a little bit of a trend in the NFL of guys making sure that they have that big guy on their roster. And said is that. He is that big body guy that can go up over those smaller DBs and, and catch the, the high passes. Mary Kay, uh, the Browns have had a relatively healthy camp this year. I mean, everybody's pretty ready to go, except for Denzel Ward. What is the latest on him as far as you know, nine days to go before the game? Because with Burrow now expected to play, obviously we know how dangerous the Bengals passing game is. The Browns need all hands on deck at, at corner. What's, what's your expectation and what's the latest on Denzel? Well, the minute uh, I knew he was in the concussion protocol, uh, I got worried about him just like everybody else did because this is the fourth time that he suffered a concussion with Cleveland Browns. And the last couple of times, he was out for lengthy periods of time. Last year, it was three games. And when you get one or two, you're more susceptible to the next one. And a lot of times it does take you a little while to get back and clear that concussion protocol. So I do think that it, you know, it is a concern. 
And uh, I don't know how serious this concussion is. And it is all up to the independent neurologist and how Denzel gets back to his baseline based on these tests. Nobody knows. Kevin Stefanski, I mean, you could ask Kevin Stefanski uh, right now, completely off to the side if you ran into him at the bank or the grocery store, uh, and he would not have an answer for you at all because he just doesn't know. But hopefully for Denzel that this is not a serious concussion. Hopefully it was pretty mild and that he's feeling great and he'll be able to get back there on the field, not just so that they can beat the Bengals, but for his own well-being. Sure. Mary Kay, the day before the team reported to Greenbrier, we had Marquise Godwin on the show, and he was so excited. And then we heard the news about the blood clots, and at least personally, I thought he was done for the season. I didn't think there was any way he'd be back, especially back on the field this quickly. Is there actually a chance he plays in week one against the Bengals? I know he's activated, but... Gee, Bush he... just asked that question. No, he didn't. Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, the, Are the, you serious? The first... I was, text- I was texting Anthony about... Stop a, texting! I was texting about a graphic, Mary Kay, I'm so what sorry. What is the matter with you guys? Uh, Anthony, back I was texting you about a graphic. Uh, he, Hold on. We don't want to hear about did. graphics. you got to stay focused. I was, I was trying to fix something. That's <laughs> my Mary Kay. I'm so you? Mary Kay. I'm so sorry. I was trying that, to fix the graphic. Bad job out of us. I apologize. Well, <laughs> I will go back and listen. That's a terrible question. I'm so maybe sorry. Maybe I was trying to fix a graphic. That's called being a producer out on the set. That's terrible out of me, Mary Kay. Listen, Mary Kay, here's a different question. I know you didn't answer this. You did a sit-down with Dewan Jones, and I know the picture that you tweeted out, you even mentioned you weren't wearing your platforms. And Dewan Jones, 6'8", huge human being. Uh, I'm so sorry, G. That was a terrible question. Bad job, Adam. Bad job, Adam. He's thrown off now. But when you sat down with Dewan Jones, he's obviously been unbelievable in the preseason, the most snaps without allowing a sack in the preseason. A, is he really as big as we all think he is, see he is as far as his actual stature and you know, is he going to be the Browns' first offensive lineman to fill in in case someone gets hurt this year? Well, to answer your first question, no, he's really not that big. It's just that I'm that small. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm way smaller uh, than you even thought I was. I'm like three foot six or something like that. So he, he, he's an enormous human being. He's huge. And he is just the nicest guy, too. And he's had a really nice camp. I'm excited about what he's going to be able to accomplish for the Cleveland Browns because you always root and pull for the guys that uh, you really end up liking as people. And I really enjoyed my conversation with him. I think Browns fans are really going to like what they see from Dewan Jones over the years. And he also did switch to number 79 for the Cleveland Browns. So he's going to be feeling uh, pretty comfortable and happy in that number. Uh, but yeah, he, he put a work ethic together with that massive size in training camp. And it was really cool to watch him come along the way that he did. And I haven't written the story yet. And uh, hopefully I can buckle down and get it done in the next day or two uh, because it was, you know, it was really cool to talk to him. Do you, is your expectation that whether, whether it's at some point this year or next year, or certainly by 2025, that both Jones and Whipler will be starters for, for the, I was going to say for the Buckeyes, but for the Browns? In a perfect world, that's what they hope will happen. Uh, you know, they, they really did believe that Dewan Jones was a first round talent and they felt lucky to be able to get him in the fourth round. So, yes, I do think that that he will be starting for them at some point. And maybe the same thing for Whipler. We'll have to see with him. Uh, you know, that's a little bit of a different animal when you take someone a little bit later. And, um, you know, you kind of have to see how that goes. But I do think that at some point you will see Dewan Jones starting somewhere for the Browns. You know, Mary Kay, uh, you, you tweeted out a picture with you and Dewan Jones. Does that mean that? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was gonna I start. Was like, no. I was gonna start my question no. with you last one too. <laughs> no, I, I was actually I was locked in, so I know what question I need. Yeah, to ask next. G and I are actually paying attention over here. I was gonna ask my next question. Whatever G just asked, I was gonna start the yeah, next yeah, five seconds. Uh, you, I like this. This, I don't know if they've they've done a um they've done a good job of smoke screening this thing with the the, the fourth defensive uh, top lineman. We know that uh, Dalvin Thomas is gonna play and start. We know that. Uh, we got Zadarius Smith and obviously Miles Garrett, but it's like kind of kind of up in the air. They went and got Shelby Harris, Jordan Elliott. You know, fought off people during the during the preseason and made this roster. Uh, Maurice Hurst, you know, is now an active right. So Yaki Ika. Out of those guys, who do you think is going to be in that starting rotation um, come uh, the first snap against the Bengals? Well, they have some options, and it depends on what kind of front they decide to run against the Bengals when they first come out at Cleveland Browns Stadium on September 10th. They have all kinds of different options. They can put five down linemen out there. Uh, you know, they can put four out there. They can do a number of different things. And if they want to get their their best, you know, four out there, you know, maybe you go Miles, Zadarius. Dalvin and Oboe, uh, but there are so many different ways that you can go about it. And as you mentioned, there are some good defensive tackles that have been doing a nice job for them. Uh, you know, Jordan Elliott can get out there. Shelby Harris, who is a very experienced veteran, can be out there uh, depending on how he's getting up to speed. So again, we're not allowed to watch practice anymore to the point where we know exactly who is in a starting lineup. But even if we were watching every single minute of practice, we would not know what Jim Schwartz is going to have up his sleeve uh, to throw at the Bengals in that first game. I just will say that you know, there's versatility on that line. Zedarius can start at end. He can start on the inside. And a number of other guys are in that same boat. So, you know, you can be prepared for pretty much anything. We got the news earlier this week that Joe Burrow, you know, he put it on Instagram that he's back. He's going to play against Cleveland. We asked the guys on the show the day after it happened, you know, would you rather play Joe Burrow in week one or, or have him sit out and potentially have an easier win versus the Bengals? But the consensus was, we want the, the Browns want the smoke. If they're going to beat the Bengals, you want to beat Joe Burrow. Do you think the players in that locker room have the same feeling that if they're going to play Cincinnati, especially here in Cleveland, they want to beat the guy who they know has owned the division the last two years? Oh, absolutely, 100%. This is a confident, confident Cleveland Browns team. They're so excited about their defense. They're excited about Jim Schwartz. They're excited to unleash the dogs and, uh, you know, and get them rolling forward. And, of course, uh, it would take a little bit of the wind out of the sails if they happen to beat a Bengals team without Joe Burrow, that everybody would say, oh, well, Joe didn't play. That's not what they want. They want to beat the best. Uh, they want to be, beat one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, uh, you know, that's how they hope it goes. And, you know, hopefully for Joe and for the Browns that he's nice and healthy and not going out there and putting himself at any kind of risk because nobody wants that. And uh, it should be a wild ride. Mary Kay, the uh, Browns announced their captains yesterday. Not surprisingly, Deshaun Watson is a captain this year. Obviously, some people are going to have beef with that. I certainly don't at this point. Uh, do you think they, the, the team thought about that at all? And is, is it a big deal that Nick Chubb is not a captain? I'm sure, I'm guessing he doesn't care. No, he, he probably doesn't care. He's had his opportunity to do it. Um, and I think it is significant that Deshaun was voted a captain. Yeah. And, you know, for, for other teams, it wouldn't be as significant, obviously, because a quarterback is going to be your natural leader of the offense. But for Deshaun, he, he missed those 11 games. Uh, you know, he still has a lot to prove. 
And, uh, you know, he, he really needs to get out there and show that he is everything everybody needs and wants him to be. But he spent a lot of time this offseason bringing the guys together, hosting passing camps in Puerto Rico, Miami, Houston, other places. Uh, and he really has demonstrated that, that leadership, that galvanizing a team and bringing guys together. He's very good at that. Um, again, he has a lot to overcome in his career perception-wise amongst national pundits and fans and different things like that. But in, in his inner circle, in, you know, amongst his teammates, uh, he is just, he is well-loved, well-liked, and, and the leadership qualities have really been evident. When, obviously he played poorly in those six games last year. We know the talent that he has. We know how good he was in Houston. Are you, like, I don't think we know enough from the preseason how, as someone who does cover the team as much as you do, Mary Kay, how confident are you that he will get back to being the player he was in Houston or somewhere close to that, as opposed to the player we saw uh, for the last six games last year who didn't look anything like that? Well, I'll tell you what, when I look out there and I watch Deshaun Watson move and throw the ball and make decisions and, and use his agility and his nimble feet and his legs to run and all those kinds of things that I see, I do see an elite skill set. Actually, I've said this before, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it again. I see, you know, Hall of Fame talent and ability. I mean, that arm is is a really exceptionally talented arm. And he's just physically, uh, you know, really, really super elite. Uh, the problem is that it has to all come together on the field. It's got to be called right. He's got to he's got to make the right decisions. Uh, the talent around him has to be good enough. And, you know, it all has to come together. We've seen other extremely talented quarterbacks where it didn't work out the way people hoped it would. Uh, but when I just, you know, isolate on him, he has unbelievable athletic ability and field vision, football acumen. He's got it all. And now it's just a matter of, you know, bringing that to the forefront and the Browns hoping that it all comes together the way they want it to. America, you've been around this team for forever. You've seen an you've seen multiple quarterbacks come in there. You've seen journeymen. You've seen rookies. You've seen guys who, um, you know, we thought were franchise quarterbacks. Now that you you, you said all that about that about Deshaun and his skill set and, and what you think he's able to do, what is the feeling in the locker room with the guys? Do you feel like they're they're more pumped or they're more confident in what they can go out and do do you feel like overall the team is more together and, and feel like they can rally behind a guy who they have not seen this type of talent maybe here in Berea or, or, or with the Browns for a while oh absolutely 100% I mean if you talk to any of these guys I mean if you sit down for a minute with Amari Cooper and you talk to him about Deshaun he lights up talking about Deshaun. He told me in the locker room the other day that he's never played with a quarterback like this before. Uh, so, you know, I thought that was really interesting and significant. Um, and then, you know, same thing with Elijah Moore. When you talk to him, he knows what he's working with here. Any of these guys will tell you the exact same thing. And that does make them really, really excited. And Amari's been around, so he knows. He's worked with a number of really good quarterbacks, so he knows what he's talking about. Uh, so, yes, I think that these guys are over the moon excited about what they think they can accomplish. And um, I also asked Deshaun Watson after the final preseason game what he thinks this can be, and he said fireworks against the Bengals. And I put that a headline on that because he thinks it can be fireworks. Well, now they've got to put it all together because we've seen – 
times in practice where, you know, they can't score in the red zone as well as it seems like they should. Uh, but I think once they scheme it up, once they game plan, once you get uh, David Njoku, you know, mismatched on a on a cornerback over there on a corner route, uh, you know, once you get Marquise Goodwin behind the defense, once you get Amari and Elijah and Nick Chubb and everybody else out there and you game plan for it, uh, I, I think it should look pretty darn good. Mary Kay, when you're in the locker room talking to players and you've covered the Browns for as long as I've known. You've been alive. <laughs> Probably, yes. I, I didn't want to make any assumptions, but I know it's been a while. Of this current roster construction, the current core of this team, who are some of the guys who you know may not be the Watsons, Miles Garrett, Coopers, like the big name guys, who are your favorite people to talk to? Kind of give you the, but not necessarily off the record, but on the record conversation. Who are your favorite guys to talk to to get kind of what's really going on within the, the realms of the Browns locker room and the team? Well, one thing to remember right now is there's so much turnover in NFL teams every single season. So, you know, there are 24 new players on this 53-man roster. So every year, you know, you have to say goodbye to, you know, players that you may have developed a, a decent working relationship with, somebody that you really enjoy talking to in the locker room. Like over the years, I loved talking to Odell Beckham Jr. We just were able to get into really cool conversations about all different kinds of things. Uh, so I, you know, I missed talking to him when, when he left. There are a lot of guys like that in that category. Uh, of course, Joe Thomas was one of the uh, best guys ever to talk to and deal with. Now, Joel Batonio plays that role of somebody that you can, uh, you know, really kind of have be the uh, face and voice of the team and will just kind of talk to you about anything. But there are a lot of cool guys on this team. Right now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is very fun to talk to. Amari Cooper, uh, he's so cerebral and smart. He's cool to talk to. Again, I mentioned Cedric Tillman earlier. So some of the young guys uh, that they brought in are, are really, really neat. And then you've got, of course, uh, guys that have been around for a while, like a Greg Newsome. Uh, you know, he, he's awesome. He understands the role of of the media and the jobs that we're trying to do out there. Juan Thornhill is somebody that has just come in and he brings a, a new energy and he's he's amazing to talk to. I mentioned earlier uh, Dewan Jones. I think people are going to really, really like him once they get to know him. And my goal, uh, as it is every year, is to try to let you guys get to know these people a little bit better. And real quick, Mary Kay, you mentioned DTR a couple weeks, or I guess it was last week now, the Browns traded Josh Dobbs to Arizona. It had seemed that they were very comfortable with Dobbs being QB2 entering the season. Was that legitimately just a situation of Arizona calling, making an offer they couldn't refuse, and, and just like that, them being comfortable with DTR and moving on from Dobbs? There was no actual plan before that phone call came in that Dobbs would not be a member of this 53-man roster, right? Like, there's no way that could actually have been the way they had no, to plan down. No, you're, you're correct about that. Uh, that absolutely 100% came out of the blue. And I think they had determined by that point that uh, that DTR probably would end up as the number two at some point this season anyways. And they got something of value for Joshua Dobbs, something that they felt that they could turn into something because they do a very nice job usually with their fifth round picks and with their sixth round picks. So uh, so they felt that, you know, why not go ahead and do this now? And, uh, you know, and give DTR a chance to be that number two. He's one play away. They know it's a risk. It's obviously a risk. I mean, if Deshaun Watson gets hurt in this game, think about this for a minute. You probably don't want to think about this. But DTR would be going into Pittsburgh to play on Monday Night Football against TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and company. So let's hope not. You know, that would be a tall order. Yeah. Nobody hopes that happens, but they saw enough in, in DTR that they felt like they were comfortable making that trade.
Mary Kay, I just want to wrap it up with, you know, there's so much positivity around the team right now, deservedly so. There's a lot of things we're excited about. I just wanted your take on a couple of things that had me a little nervous about the team. Obviously, linebacker, the position fell apart last year. There were a ton of injuries. And there's no proven guys. And, you know, Anthony Walker's fine, but JOK is a huge question mark. Taki Taki coming back from the injury. The depth chart at running back behind Nick Chubb has me concerned right now, especially with Ford missing a lot of time due to injury. And then the kicker. And what kind of leash Dustin Hopkins has is this might be a thing where we might see rotating kickers all year. What do you think about those three situations? Well, we'll start with the linebacker position. Uh, you know, I think they have what they need to get the job done as long as these guys can go out there and stay healthy. They have been so snake bitten from an injury point at the linebacker position to the point where even poor Jordan Kanashik just got hurt yeah. and is going and went on IR with a knee injury. And, you know, he's been uh, their consistent sort of rock at linebacker this whole entire preseason. He's really come on strong and done a nice job. So they really have to hope that Sione and Anthony Walker are really ready to go and that they can stay out there and that they can, uh, you know, get the job done consistently. Sione Takitaki is one of their best tacklers, one of their best linebackers against the run. So they should be okay there. I, I keep hearing from er everyone that JOK is a natural fit for this Jim Schwartz defense and that he should shine and flourish in this scheme. So let's see how that goes. Uh, you know, they've got a number of other guys there. Um, you know, that are kind of coming up in the, through the pipeline and that should be pretty good. Uh, you know, some young guys that will start out on special teams and try to make their mark there. I think they'll be okay. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, and then we'll, we'll move over to kicker. The thing um, that I asked Kevin Stefanski about yesterday and is a little bit of a concern at kicker, uh, in addition to the fact that he's got to get up to speed so quickly here with the, you know, snap hold sequence and all of that, uh, is the fact that he is only 15 of 30 from 50 plus. And, you know, in the event that you need to go out there and you need to try to win that game in Cleveland Brown Stadium on Sunday, September 10th, and he's got to kick a 52 yarder to get it done, you know, that's not his forte. So, you know, he's going to have to find it within himself to make those big kicks. And if that becomes an issue, then you're right. Maybe they will continue to look around. Uh, they did, I will add, that they did try to re-sign Cade York to the practice squad. Uh, I got a little pushback on a, on a show yesterday about that, but they did. They tried to add Cade York okay. back. He, he opted for greener pasture. Um, and then the running back. Mary Kay, before you do, sorry to cut you off, before you do running back, I just wanted one other thing on kicker. Why yeah. did they not? Do you have any idea? Did you? I don't know if you asked this, but like, why? What's Robbie Gould? I know he's thirty-eight, but the guy was eight for eight in the playoffs in the last year. He's never missed a kick in the postseason. Why is it that the Browns didn't go after him? Do we have any idea? You know, I don't really know the answer to that. Okay. I, I don't really know why they did not do Fair that. Enough. For whatever reason, they felt Dustin Hopkins was their best option right now. Um, and I'll, I would have to dig into that a little bit more to, to find out the okay, definitive cool. answer on that. We actually did ask Catherine Rach, the assistant general manager, that yesterday when we had her at the stadium, but we didn't get any, you know, sort of secret reason why that yeah. went down the way it did. Um, but hopefully for them, that Dustin will come through for them at whatever distance he needs to. And okay. um, as far as running back is concerned, I've said this, you know, I've been writing this for a couple of weeks that right now Nick Chubb is their only sure thing at running back. 
And he is supposed to get more involved on third down and catching passes out of the backfield and doing all those kinds of things. But you cannot have him on the field for every single play. You have to give him, uh, you have to spell him every once in a while. And you don't necessarily want him, you know, having to pick up blitzes all the time and doing some of those things that you have to do on third down. So hopefully for them and for him that Jerome Ford is ready to come through, but he missed most of practice didn't get an opportunity to prove that he can do all the things that they want him to do. Now they've got Pierre Strong Jr. trying to get up to speed, but you know, that's going to be uh, you know, a, a quick, he's got to be a quick study to be able to do what he's going to need to be able to do. And then Jerome also will be returning kicks. So, right. you know, I do think it's <clears> something to Mary Kay, you're the best. We really appreciate you coming appreciate on. Thank you, Mary Kay. Thank you for taking the time. Sure. Thank you guys. Bye, Mary Kay. She does obviously an amazing job covering the Browns. Great insight from her. By the way. She'll be joining us every week. Right. Oh, I should have said that earlier. Every week for the rest of football season, Mary Kay will be on. What day is she going to be on during this? Thursdays. Thursdays. Every Thursday, Mary Kay has great, great coup for us to have her on every week. Uh, We'll say, uh, Anthony, let's save the 32 for 32 for after the game at this point because we only got a couple minutes and we'll see how long the game takes. But I do want to say this one thing. I guarantee, guarantee, mark this down. Mark the time of the show. Mark the moment. There will come a moment in early in the season where Jay Crawford complains that Nick Chubb is getting the ball too much and has no help. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I guarantee it. 11.55 on September year 1st. Last year, I, I could kind of put G in that category, too. No, no, no. But no, not listen. as bad as J. I want, I, want him, I want him on the field at all times. I'm telling you, Jay will complain at some point that he's giving the ball too much th- and he needs help. That's what he lifting weights for in the offseason. If he got to take, listen, yeah. hey, if he got to take a, a little breather or whatever the case may be, uh, it better not be by the goal line. Yeah. Well, I need all that. I'm curious to see. He's been on a, a snap, a touch count, really, because it's been carries for the most part. He's very no, few. I don't believe it's not been a strict number. Not a strict, but like yeah. they, they've been cautious uh, about. Uh, but I'm curious now. 18, that number, that mythical number is 18. I figured that out, and I talked to the people in the analytics department. I got him to snitch on himself, and that's from Nathan Zagurish. I, I, I fooled you. Yeah, Nathan. because guys tend to not do as well after a certain amount of carries. Well, what I'm generally. curious now yeah. is if Nick Chubb is more involved in the passing game, like all, in, all reports indicate, is that 18 touches? Is that 18 carries? If he has four catches, is it 14 carries? Where's the line now between I, carries plus receptions to yeah, where they're going to be cautious about using him too often? Who knows? I mean, you didn't think of that I, yet? I, think, yeah, it's, I, I think it's blown out of proportion. I didn't. I don't think Kevin Stefanski is sitting there thinking about exactly how many carries he has during a game. I'm not true. I did it in a video. Kevin Stefanski is heard caught on NFL Network saying, "Hey, hey, coach, how, how many how many carries did the Knicks have so far?" Yeah, he's asking throughout the game, how many carries does Nick have so far? Caught it. Or it was one of the top 100 players. They got to Nick Chubb. Oh, really? I, I was watching that. it. That's, he, that's a disgrace. Was yeah. that last year or this year? This was two years ago. 
two years ago. I gotta find that clip. That's that's fast. Yeah, that's, that's that's a disgrace. I got you. Can, you can check right. it. I, I'll send it to you. I'll yeah, put it in one of my one of my that, videos. That's, that's a yeah. terrible job by the Browns. And and and. Uh, and I, I had not heard that. I had I'll be not taking, I'll be listen. Oh you know, God. you know, I got I got a lot of time on my hands, and you I don't got, sleep. You got the receipts. Well, got the and, receipts. and that's why I am curious. If it is a hey, eighteen carries, then we got to be very. If he's going nineteen, that's again, be very special. Go, he, it's not like he never went over. No, no, I, I know. But I'm saying if that's if that's the the number they have marked, anything over eighteen has to be. We need to be careful. Is that going to be eighteen touches I, now? Is that four catches, fourteen carries? If that's, it's, that's a crazy. Because here's the way I'm thinking about it. They do a lot of design run. Like Stefanski is doing design runs with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like yeah. he, these are design yeah. runs. So if he said, okay, well, we only want Nick Chubb to have 18. Are they saying we're going to give Deshaun three and we're going to give Elijah more two? I, I, I got to think, think that's going out the window this year. Otherwise, they would have brought in another veteran running back. I do too. I, I, yeah, I, I, we, I do tend to agree with that. Yeah. That for and whatever I, reason, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Because obviously, I didn't think that was the case two years ago and they were doing that. And I wonder, too, if part of keeping Nick Chubb fresh was for his the prime for the run when the, when the team was ready. And, yeah. and because, frankly, he may not have trusted the quarterback he had at the time as much as he does Deshaun Watson. Right. So, hey, if we're going to win games late in the season, I need Nick Chubb at 100% capacity. Yeah. There's no way down you could have him on some sort of limit. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, you're trying to run out the game. Yeah. And you're bringing in Jerome Ford. I yeah. mean, you, you can't do that. So, we'll, we'll see. I know Anthony has a read and an announcement to make. Hopefully, Becker came through. Ant, you want to take it away? Yeah, guys. Before we get into No Offense Riders, I just want to remind everybody that you can buy your own membership for $4.99 a month or $1.99 a month. $4.99 a month will get you over, access to overtime. It's your coach's tier. $1.99 will get you access to all the emojis. Once again, Earl and I are still waiting for our emojis. But there has been a bunch of membership gifting today. Halim Youssef has gifted five. Brett Watson gifted one. And then our very own Steve Becker gifted ten memberships. Nice. And that's going to be a thing throughout the whole rest of the football season. We're, a couple of us are going to pay back for you guys and gift you memberships. So shout out to Steve for doing that. Uh, that's our first batch good, coming good out job in September. Out now, we do have to acknowledge that our in-studio captain, Mike Lucas, just dropping the ball. Yeah, that was terrible. Awfully in the Mary terrible. interview. I, not only that, not only did you ask a question that G. Bush had already asked, I think that's the second or third time that's happened on the show. Not First with time me. by you, but it's the second or third time it's happened. Can uh, I tell you what was going on, by the way? No. Do you want the honest no. reality of what was you going on? You should know that you shouldn't be. And G. was doing it too, to be fair. You guys were both on your phones during that interview. It was inappropate. Anthony, there was, was a I, very legitimate reason. Anthony, was I texting you about? Was there? Was I not texting you about a graphic for something? It doesn't matter. Yes. We're in the middle of an interview. A very you it was, okay. Listen, listen. Take care I, I will tell you guys. By this. the way, you called him Marquise Godwin. Stop calling him Godwin. It's Goodwin. Well, that's double bad job out of me. But yeah. when Mary Kay comes on, part of her agreement is we have to put Mary Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot. Mm -hmm. Anthony, I forgot to mention that to this morning. Anthony just had Mary Kay Cabot join UCSS. I was texting him. Please add Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot to the Super, which if you go back and listen during G's interview, or G's question, Super changed back to your Watch Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Fair. Then updated that, to Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot. Still, still bad ball. job out of me. That's a bad Hand job up, out of you. I admit, bad job out of me. But right, I was actually trying to help Anthony out let's from get, out here. Let's get so. defense riders here. I'm excited. Yeah, we let's do it here. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.